Warning, The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. They got to get it right. I mean, otherwise, this was going to happen. And ain't nothing left here. So when we start coming to the suburbs, when we come to the government center, then what y'all going to do? You see what I'm saying? So, hey, that's just what's going to happen, you know? To talk about what's on your mind, which is riots, thugs, and Trump's war against Twitter, I was just actually quite astonished to see the president give a press conference and talk about uh, China and WHO and not mention the riots. I, I, I know what's going on, trust me, because I've told you what's going on. Unlike what you may think, at a certain point, all administrations take on the same form. And when they are in trouble, they need an external enemy in order to move forward. And in this case, it's China. Now, everything he said about China is true. Everything he said about WHO is true. But this is not the right time for it. Uh, I have told you that the people in the administration realize he may be in some trouble, given the bias of the media, the drift of the political world, the fact that all incumbents get blamed for a national crisis, and the COVID crisis is certainly not his, but he's going to be blamed for it as all incumbents would be blamed. Uh, and so the best thing is war with China. Even a small war, a nice small war would draw the people together. That's what I'm afraid I'm seeing here. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about riots, thugs, and Trump's war against Twitter. They're very important stories. You have to understand what went on in uh, Newark. Many years ago, 1967, Newark was once a beautiful middle-class city. And uh, in uh, July 12th, on July 12th, 1967, a black cab driver was beaten and arrested by two white police officers for a very minor traffic infraction in Newark's central ward area. And as this is before social media, but the uh, word spread, crowd gathered outside police headquarters, where the injured driver who was rumored to be dead was being held. The so-called protesters began throwing rocks, breaking police station windows. What followed was two days of looting, and when the looting stopped, the killing began. New Jersey Governor Richard J. Hughes called in state troopers and the National Guard to restore order. What happened then? The violence escalated, and lives were lost. And in Newark, by the time the fighting ended on July 17th, the level of property damage was massive and the injuries were in the hundreds. Two weeks after the riot, President Johnson stepped in. You have to understand what happened to Newark. Newark had been a beautiful, clean, middle-class city. It never recovered. It was broken forever. I could say I hope that doesn't happen with Minneapolis, but with the large numbers of white communists from the communist universities in the area who are egging on the minorities, I don't know where this is going to end. I know Newark burned to the ground, never recovered. We know what happened during the Rodney King story. But let me back it up a bit. Why is this happening now? Well, first of all, so you don't lose where I stand on this, I want to go back to what I said when I first saw this on May 28th. In fact, I was on not working. I was off. I had a fill-in host. 
I called into the show, and here's what I tweeted. I said, just so you don't misinterpret who Michael Savage is, cop killed black man in slow motion. You hear the poor man crying for his mother. That's what got to me. I started to, uh, part of me started to weep when I heard that man cry for his mother. He was dying, begging this bastard cop to stop killing him. Begging the bastard cop to stop choking him to death with his knee. He was chained to the ground with handcuffs, helpless, couldn't fight back. And the homicidal maniac guy with the gun in the club put the knee on his neck, on his jugular vein, and you could hear the man gasping, begging him to stop, and started to cry for his mother. This big, strong black man crying for his mother. Something happened inside of me when I heard it. I told you what a slaughterhouse did to me when I saw a cow being killed. Now, imagine if I don't like seeing a cow being killed, what I felt when I saw this man being choked to death for all the world to see. Not a disturbing video. A video of a homicidal maniac with a gun in a club. And what did I say? I said he should be tried for murder in the first degree, not third degree. And I said they should add charges of a hate crime because it was clearly racially related. There's no question in my mind that's what I saw. So now we move up to today, and I ask this question, and I will ask you this question. Should Trump close down Twitter, arrest the heads of CNN and socials who are fanning the flames? Let me finish the sentence, please. The same way Abraham Lincoln cut telegraph lines and arrested newspaper editors during the Civil War. And I want to remind you of something else. Lincoln also arrested 13,000 civilians under martial law. Now, I realize it was war at the time, and the South was not considered part of the nation. But are you telling me we don't have a civil war going on in this country? Are you telling me the left is not a foreign nation to most Americans? Well, I would disagree with you. In 2014, I published the beginning of a sequence of very important books with titles that are very important that will not be forgotten. And the first in the sequence was entitled Stop the Coming Civil War. Originally, the title was The Coming Civil War, The Coming Civil War. And uh, my editor said, please put something to modify that. So I added stop. Uh, What do you think? You think we're not in a civil war? I think we've been in one since 1967 when the hippies invaded the media and the hippies invaded the colleges on the long march towards outright communism. You think they're not behind this? I do. Now, having said that, I will say again, the cops should be tried for first-degree murder, not third. And no one has supported the police and the media more than I have. I've contributed money directly. I know that they're the only thing we have between us and total chaos and mayhem. And so here we are. So the next book in the sequence was called Stop Mass Hysteria. So what is that book about? It's dedicated to men and women of law enforcement. I wrote, who are on the front lines protecting the rest of us from the violent, radical, left-wing street criminals whose goal is to tear our society into pieces. So don't think I'm anti-police. I'm very pro-police. But even amongst the best, you have the worst. And amongst the best, we saw the worst. And here is what I wrote in Stop Mass Hysteria. Hatred is in the air. We're living in an age of hate in which mental pollution is worse than air pollution. The most accessible and comprehensive of all unifying agents, hatred is spreading like a virus into all too willing hosts. Hmm. Well, 
I wrote those words in 2013. They were published in 2014. Unfortunately, they were prescient. And we're watching the results of the hatred that's been building in this country for a long while. On page five, I wrote, as Thomas Jefferson wrote, I really look with commiseration over the great body of my fellow citizens who, reading newspapers, live and die in the belief that they have known something of what has been passing in the world in their time. That's what Jefferson wrote. You understand what he was saying, right? The great body of my fellow citizens who, reading newspapers, live and die in the belief that they have known something of what had been passing in the world in their time. Now, couple that with the idiots on Twitter and Facebook who know nothing about the world outside of a few characters who they read on Twitter. And so I ask, that's just as true today. Do television viewers really know what's been passing in the world in their time because they watch the news? I don't care what channel it is. It is what you see on ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, and MSNBC really representative of what has been passing in the world in your time? And then I say, no, it's a snapshot. It's not a movie. Whether you know it or not, you're living through a mass hysteria primarily of the left, but not solely of the left. How absurd they have become in their hatred of Donald Trump and those who voted for him. Their hatred has reached a fever pitch comparable to mass movements in totalitarian states. CNN apparently was raised on the mother's milk of hatred. The news czar of CNN, in my opinion, is like the news are is like the news czars of Lincoln's time. Lincoln knew what to do with him. Samuel Johnson, one of my favorite authors, essayists, wrote the following in the year 1780. He wrote, Every man has a right to utter what he thinks truth, and every other man has a right to knock him down for it. Martyrdom is the test. Unquote. Now, what does he mean by martyrdom is the test? Are you willing to die for your beliefs? Let's hope you don't have to, but anyone can shoot off their mouth. But when the thugs come to the suburbs as the thug whose voice I played at the beginning of this show said they will, what you're going to do when they come for you? What you're going to do when they come for you? Well, let me tell you something. The white suburbs are often armed to the teeth. There's Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson. There's Mr. Ruger. There's Mr. AK. They're all waiting in the suburbs. They're not going to let them burn their houses down. It's horrible. It's horrible to tell you that if they are not stopped in the city with force, the thugs will come to the suburbs because there will, not, there will be nothing to stop them. You know, I lived through the killings at Kent State. <clears throat> I watched them very clearly. And as tragic as those killings were, by the National Guard. I got to tell you something of what happened after that. The white communists on the college campuses, the professors on tenure, like those at Berkeley, Harvard, Stanford, Harvard, Stanford, Berkeley, NYU, you name it. In other words, virtually every college of America today is run by radical left-wingers. I call them communists. They're not radical. They're not left. They're not wingers. They're communists. The tenured communists egged on the students to go and riot. And they came out on the greens of Kent State. And they wouldn't stop. And the National Guard was there. The National Guard opened fire and three students or four students were tragically killed by the National Guard. The whole nation was stunned. 
to see the dead white students laying on that grass. But a strange thing happened after that. The students all went home to mommy and daddy, cut their hair, and got a job. And that was the end of the riots. I'm giving you a fact. It's that simple. It's that simple. You can only push a nation state so far. You can only push a city so far. And you can only push a population so far. Now, why is this happening now? Certainly, we saw the homicide of this poor black man. But the violence that erupts after that is related to other things as well, such as the psychopathic governor locking everybody in their house like lab rats on the basis of a false epidemic and false epidemiology. We all know the epidemiology was all wrong. Epidemiologists today are what meteorologists have always been. They're right sometimes and they're wrong sometimes. It's not a science at all. And this is coming from someone who has a PhD, which includes epidemiology as a core factor in my doctorate. Epidemiology is only a guess. You use the best data you have, but you guess like meteorologists. Guess what the weather is going to be tomorrow. So the very same fools who guessed wrong told us we'd have a mortality rate of 4 or 5% when it's only 0.1%, locked us up in our houses. Here in California, we're still locked up in our houses. In Marin County, one dunce, one dunce, some so-called health chief, has imprisoned the entire county of Marin with a very low number of deaths, almost all of them in nursing homes, destroying businesses like the Grim Reaper himself. You wonder why people are rioting? Because they've been pent up, locked up, And the key was thrown away by a bunch of petty bureaucrats. And of course, of course, we all saw a man having a life choked out of him in real time. It's something horrible to witness. Everything in me said the cop is a racist, homicidal maniac. And he needs to get not the third degree, but the first degree is what he needs. Will that stop the mobs? No, they want the televisions. You see them running in for the baskets of goods like that has something to do with justice. Are you joking? You're telling me that's justice? As they're saying on MSNBC, that's justice? That's a joke. And it comes down to one line before I solicit your calls. Looting in the name of justice equals the liberal narrative. I'll be right back on The Savage Nation. So we all have learned a lot over the last few months during the epidemic. We've learned that we have total dunces running states, absolute dunces who have destroyed their own states, burnt them to the ground, having done more damage, by the way, than the rioters in Minneapolis to the economy. Think about that. Crazy, isn't it? They don't even admit that they were wrong. Governor Newsom knows he's wrong, knows he got it wrong, knows he was advised by academic pinheads. And he still won't reopen the state. And by the way, what is the disease itself like? In the beginning, we all thought it was a killer disease that would wipe us all out. Remember the fear? You got schmucks driving around in San Francisco with masks on in their own car with no one in the car. They're that stupid. You want you shake your head saying, moron, the mask is meant to prevent you from dispersing to someone else. It doesn't protect you and you're alone in the car, idiot. You got women running with masks. I see putzes on bicycles with masks on. And now the WHO comes out and says, you don't need to wear masks because they won't protect you on top of it all. The morons are running around with the masks on. 
I want to go to the grocery store and buy a, a, an apple. I need a mask on. In the middle of all this insanity by these moronic governors who are stupid, just stupid. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I feel very, very badly. It's a very shocking sight. Bill and I were talking about it before. It's one of the reasons Bill's here right now. Uh, because, as you know, we're very much involved. And I've asked the Attorney General, FBI, and the Attorney General to take a very strong look and to see what went on, because that was a very, very bad thing that I saw. I saw it last night, and I didn't like it. No, it was more than I didn't like it. I, it brought me almost to tears to hear the man crying for his mama as he was being choked to death. I mean, I heard that men in combat, when they're dying, will call for their mother. Strong, hard men will call for their mama when they're dying. And we hear things, you know, but it's not real to us. But now we watch a strong man like this as he's being choked to death for the world to watch calling for his mama. If you're not moved by that, something's wrong with you. You know, but on the same scale, no. Minnesota mayor gives masks to the rioters, masks to the rioters, after warning in-person worship would be a public health disaster. The same communist mayor, Fry whoever this putz is, gave out masks to the rioters so they wouldn't give each other the coronavirus and didn't arrest anyone. You know, they weren't social distancing as they were breaking windows and burning things. I noticed they were not social distancing as they were stealing television sets, sneakers, cooking ware, whatever they could grab their hands on, all in the name of uh, justice and peace. Uh, they were not social distancing, by the way. Uh, but the mayor gave out masks to the rioters, but he forbid... He forbade churches from reopening. He's saying that would be a public health disaster. Could you believe how we have allowed these small-minded losers to take over every avenue of government? Now, it gets even worse. Here's the Minnesota governor. I think we need to change the spelling of Minnesota now to Minnesota, from Minnesota to Minnesota, because it's become a land of Lilliputians. Minnesota, Minnesota government, Tim Waltz, Fans the flames of racism in clip four. You've got to hear this to believe it. And I refuse to have it take away the attention of the stain that we need to be working on is what happened with those fundamental institutional racism that allows a man to be held down in broad daylight. And thank God a young person had a camera to video it because there's not a person here or listening today that wonders how many times that camera's not there. These are tough questions. These are things that have been brewing in this country for 400 years. Here we go again, a, a white racist trying to stir up the masses of non-white people, again, reverting back to the old rubric of the slavery issue, when this has nothing to do with slavery. It has to do with a homicidal maniac with a gun in a club who should have been taken out of the police force a long time ago. And, you know, you can blame... Klobuchar for that because she she failed to prosecute him. She's finished now as the VP candidate. You heard that story, right? I mean, it's all, all everyone knows the news. You, you go to the Drudge Report, you don't have to listen to talk radio anymore. All you need is someone like me because I got a great voice and I can put it together. But you heard the story. Amy Klobuchar, who was being, you know, she's going to run with, with the, the senile one, declined to prosecute the officer on several other occasions. And so she's gone. Which brings another question up. Who is uh, the 
fake candidate Biden going to pick? I mean, who are the people who are running Biden going to pick for him now? Well, you know, if they pick, can you imagine who you, this is so important a question because we know Biden won't last three to six months before they take him away in a, in a net. He'll be gone in six months into a bug house. Right now, he's locked up in the basement somewhere in Delaware. So God forbid he becomes president. We're going to put him in the basement like your Uncle Murray when a date comes over. No. Uh, he'll be in the White House for a certain period of time, and then the vice president will take over the country. He'll be removed for mental or whatever, right? So whoever he picks will be president. Is it going to be this one from California who everyone who knows her hates her? She doesn't have a friend in the entire prosecutorial division in, in the entire San Francisco area. Everyone knows her. Everybody knows who knows Kamala Harris has something bad to say about her. Not one person who worked with her has something good to say about her. Will he pick her because of the obvious reasons? She Check the boxes. Let's see. Check the boxes on Kamala Harris. Um, let's see. Machiavellian, check. Kind of stupid, check. Uses race as a weapon, check. Woman, check. Uh, person of color, check. So she, you check all five boxes, she's high on the list. But does she have a likability factor? No, zero. So who's he going to pick? I mean, who are the, who are the uh, controllers of the Dean Party going to pick? I'm suspecting that the riots, I'm suspecting the riots are going to have Michelle Obama come out, by the way. That, I'm just having an intuition on it. I have no way to know if it's correct. I, just as I told you last November, we were going to have something very bad happen to this country in the first quarter of 2020. I'm telling you right now, I see other things happening that are not yet worth talking about, but this is just the beginning, not the end of what's happening in this country. We have a long, hot summer. We have a demonic media that needs to be curtailed the way Lincoln curtailed the media during the Civil War before the country burns to the ground. You know, many of you are, are deceived about Abraham Lincoln. You think he was a nice, good, you know, uh, president who was very sensitive. He was one of the worst presidents in American history for his war on civil rights. I know he has his defenders amongst very thin-minded people who want to change history. But he did things you may not know what Lincoln did. Well, I think you need to know about it because Lincoln is the hero of Obama. Lincoln is the hero of uh, the left. Lincoln is looked up to as some great man. He is President Lincoln's executive order for the arrest and imprisonment of irresponsible newspaper reporters and editors dated May 18, 1864. On May 18, 1864, your hero, President Abe Lincoln, issued an executive order commanding Major General John A. Dix to arrest and imprison the editors, proprietors, and publishers of the New York World and New York Journal of Commerce newspapers for printing false stories giving comfort to the enemies of the U.S. Sounds like fake news, doesn't it? Major General John A. Dix Commander in New York said, whereas there's been, this is what the uh, president said. This is your, your hero, Lincoln. Lincoln, whereas there's been wickedly and traitorously printed and published this morning in the New York World and New York Journal of Commerce newspapers, printed and published in the city of New York, a false and spurious proclamation reporting to be signed by the president, blah, 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 blah. He wants them arrested so they can be brought to trial before a military commission for their offense. You'll also take possession by military force of the printing establishments of, I almost said Twitter and uh, Facebook, of the New York World and Journal of Commerce 
and CNN and hold the same until further orders and prohibit any further publication they're, they're from. Well, we're not at war, but Trump has the power to shut these places down. The FCC could close them down for violating yelling fire in a crowded theater. Look, I'm a broadcaster for 26 years. I know the rules. And they have yelled fire in a crowded theater for so long, they don't even know what fire feels like anymore. But what else did your hero, Abraham Lincoln, do? What did he do? He suspended the writ of habeas corpus in the first year of the Civil War, responding to what? Riots. And riots and local militia actions in the border states by allowing the indefinite detention of disloyal persons without trial. That's the suspension of habeas corpus. And, you know, Lincoln, again, hero of the left, suspended habeas corpus. I have to understand it's happened before. It could happen again. You can push people. Okay, I'll give you a Lincoln statement. My dad, a little boy, Bronx, told you the story. My father was an immigrant, but he knew a lot. And he told me about Lincoln, who said, you can fool some of the people some of the time. You can fool some of the people all of the time. But you can't fool all of the people all of the time. My father liked that because he was very cynical, being from Russia, being an immigrant. He didn't trust politicians. He didn't trust any authority. And I, I guess I picked that up. And it's never failed me as being correct. Uh, the Bible even warns you never to trust po- politicians. Did you know the Bible warns you that? or the, Some teaching warns you not to trust politicians because they're only men. And only God is eternal. So don't put your faith in a politician. We are warned by religious teachings because they will always fail you. So uh, what else did he do? Lincoln ignored a Supreme Court justice's decision overturning his order. So are you listening to what I'm saying? Please listen to me. Lincoln, who was promoted by a very, very small-minded man in the media who knows nothing but pretends he knows something, Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War Lincoln was told by the Supreme Court to overturn. Your order is overturned. He ignored the Supreme Court justice's decision. In fact, he added new restrictions, which imposed martial law in some volatile border areas and curbed freedom of speech in the press to expand throughout the northern states. Here's another kicker for those of you who don't know who you're listening to. More than 13,000 civilians were arrested under martial law during the war throughout the Union. See, I didn't know this as a kid. I didn't know this. I mean, I know that ABC, CBS, NBC are totally owned by the radical left. I know Twitter is controlled by a psychopath who edits and modifies everything on my Twitter feed. And he has a bunch of minions who are not even American citizens who hate conservatives. Me, everyone else on the right side of things, modified by these psychopathic uh, pathological individuals say, well, they have a right to do it. No, they don't have a right to do it. They're a public utility at this point. They're a public utility. They have no competition, and they can be controlled by the FCC, and uh, they should be by the president. Now, what do you think of this one? NBC bans reporters from using the word riot in coverage of Minnesota riots. I'm not inventing this. NBC host Craig Melvin, whoever that may be, said, while the situation on the ground in Minneapolis is fluid and there has been violence, it is most accurate at this time to describe it as happening there as protests, not riots. So that's your, uh, that's your unbiased media. Uh, to me, a protest is a protest, and a riot is a riot. When I see a building burning, when I see a police station set on fire, to me, that's a riot. But I guess I'm not living in the uh, world you live in. 
Trump calls Minneapolis protesters thugs. He's a thousand percent right. And what did Twitter do when he called them thugs? Twitter run by these demonic, demonic, demented people. Twitter flagged Trump's tweet as violating rules about glorifying violence. He called them thugs. What would you call them? Peaceful protesters? He said thugs. And uh, the psychos at Twitter flagged them for violating rules about glorifying violence. It's unbelievable to me. You think Twitter is above the law? You think they're bigger than the president? I hope they aren't. I really hope they aren't. NBC bans reporters from using the word riot and coverage of Minnesota riots. That's called propaganda. Twitter says that the president can't call thugs thugs. That's called propaganda. And so where are we today? Where are we today? We're all saying we've been locked up like penned animals for three months based on false um, data misinterpreted by very small-minded health commissioners who have no price to pay because they're all on uh, state salaries, city salaries, tenured salaries. They're collecting a big check. Your check is going to come to an end very soon. Wait till you see what happens then when the 600 a week runs out. Wait till you see what happens in this country then. After the UI and the 600 a week runs out, let's see what happens then. What's going to happen then? Well, it's anyone's guess what will happen then. I wrote Trump's war a while ago, and boy, oh boy, do we have Trump's war. Trump's war, his battle for America. I may as well tell you now, you know, I wasn't supposed to be on the air today. I, I've been basically recovering from a heart attack, which occurred on December 5th, and I'm having, I'm doing good shows, the best shows of my life, because I consider each one my last one, even though they're not. I consider each, I have to... It's, it's like a, an artist or a painter. You've got to make each one count, right? You don't know what tomorrow will bring, whether you're healthy or not. I don't care if you're in the f- perfect health. You get hit by a car the next day. You can be 35 and have a heart attack. So what's the difference? But I try to make each show really have meaning and count. And my mind is sharp right now, really sharp in the last few months. But um, Monday was Memorial Day, so we did a best of. Wednesday I took off because I was tired. I wasn't going to be on today. Michael wasn't going to be on today, but I had to be on. I woke up this morning, I said, the country's burning. It's a war zone. The media is out of control. Something I have to, you know, my audience, it's not an audience, the whole world's not listening to me. I don't think the world is uh, listening to every word I say. I understand there's a limited audience. Whatever the numbers are, they are. I don't have to claim that I have the biggest radio show in the world to say that it doesn't matter how big the audience is. What matters is that you tell them the best truth you can. And what it is, is that in radio, like in, maybe in radio more than anywhere else, you, you establish a rapport with your listeners. After so many years, it's like a family, like a community, like a club. And they start to count on you. They count on you because they're busy with their own lives. They don't study the issues as clearly as you do. And they want you to put the thing together for them. So I decided to come on the air today. So here I am talking about the coming civil war, the war zone, the chaos, the looting the unrest that's not being stopped because the media is fanning the flames. And I'm going to ask you again a loaded question, and I'll ask it again. I'll ask it again. Should Trump close down Twitter and the other socials who are fanning the flames the same way Lincoln cut telegraph lines and arrested newspaper editors? I shall return. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw.
riots, thugs, and Trump's war against Twitter. The entire show will be on my podcast an hour after the second hour is completed. I want to quickly play something that you not heard yet. Here is the man who was killed, actually speaking out before he was killed, against the black youth shooting each other before his murder. He was a peacemaker. Uh, By the way, you know what his crime was? Passing a counterfeit $20 bill. Now, do you know how many of you pass $20 counterfeit bills without knowing it? So he goes in the store, he buys something. The uh, clerk holds it up and calls the cops. The next thing, he's choked to death by the cop. Listen to this, please. Our young generation is clearly lost, man. Clearly lost, man. Like, like... I don't even know what to say no more, man. Like, you youngsters just going around, just busting guns, in crowds, kids getting killed, you know, and it's clearly the generation after us, man, that's so lost, man. Hey, man, come on home, man. One day it's going to be you and God. You're going up or you're going down. That is the man who was killed by the homicidal maniac cop. And by the way, the other cops stood there watching. Did you see it or not? Did you hear the man calling for his mama as he was dying? Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. The choices that Twitter makes when it chooses to suppress, edit, blacklist, shadow, ban, are editorial decisions, pure and simple. They're editorial decisions. In those moments, Twitter ceases to be a neutral public platform, and they become an editor with a viewpoint. And I think we can say that about others also, whether you're looking at Google, whether you're looking at Facebook, and perhaps others. One egregious example is when they try to silence views that they disagree with by selectively applying a fact check, fact check. What they choose to fact check and what they choose to ignore or even promote is nothing more than a political activism group or political activism. And it's inappropriate. Well, you know, that's one argument that the president is making. It's not the best argument for for controlling Twitter and Facebook and the others. The best argument is that they have become public utilities, and as such, they should be regulated as public utilities by the U.S. government. Radio stations are regulated as public utilities. TV stations are regulated as public utilities. Uh, And the czars of the media, Twitter, Facebook, Google, et cetera, get away with murder. They not only don't pay their taxes, incidentally, which is a double outrage, but now they're acting as if they are above the law itself, and they are not. And that's why I think Trump is starting to crack down. He's, he needs to do more than talk about it, though. That's the problem. Mr. Trump, President Trump, is very good at raising issues, but the follow-through is another story. That's all. Now, we are here because, well, I'm here because of what happened to this poor guy who was uh, choked to death while he was helplessly laying on the ground, chained to the ground in handcuffs, couldn't move, couldn't fight back. He was already constrained. He wasn't resisting arrest. It's all nonsense to say a thing like that. And the cop chokes the life out of him with a knee to his neck. And I don't care if you're an officer of the law. I came on the radio first and said this was clearly homicide and that the cop should be tried for first-degree murder. I was told by my attorney, Dan Horowitz, he would not be tried first, but third according to the law. Most police chiefs in America have come out uh, supporting that exact position, that they're as outraged as I am, as any human being would be watching another man's single life being choked out of another man in front of your eyes. It's like watching a snuff film. This is not a movie. This is a living man. 
Now, that's one side of it. Now, the, the riots are another. The riots, what? They're, they're stealing a television set of sneakers because they of this? Are you joking? And who's egging them on? Who's egging them on? The media. Who else? Who else? Those who say that the rioters are not rioting, but they're protesting. Who else is egging them on? Everyone else who's enabling them. Everyone else is enabling them. So this has to stop. We need a crackdown. We need law and order. Before this cancer spreads outside of the cities and they come into the suburbs and get shot to death by the heavily armed uh, people who are not going to let them do this to their houses. There will be a war in this country. If you let those thugs go into the suburbs, they're going to be shot to death is what's going to happen. You think that the suburbanites going to roll over to them? Maybe some will because they're not armed. But a lot of suburbanites are armed to the teeth, including liberals. And they're not going to let thugs burn their houses down or rape their wives or steal their possessions. There will be open civil war in this country if they're not constrained in the cities right now. So it's time for a very tough set of actions. You're not going to get it from Mayor Frey or Free. Mr. Freeman, yeah, yeah, right. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Free. How have so many liberals infested our cities and states? How? Through illegal aliens. Why do you think that they don't want voter ID? Minneapolis. Who lives in Minneapolis? Used to be a beautiful, beautiful, clean, orderly, very liberal city, by the way. Clean, orderly, peaceful, safe. Then what happened? Do I have to spell it out for you? I don't have to spell it out for you in chapter and verse. You could be clean, orderly, liberal, and then something happens. The progressives come in and destroy your city. And now it's a sanctuary city. Then they bring in the Somalis, like that prize they have there, that Congress thing. That, that Somalis came in, you hear? Didn't they, they didn't have it good enough in Minneapolis. They wanted to go back to their homeland? No, they don't want to go back there. And who do they elect as mayor? Jacob Fry, Mr. Fry, the weakling. My friends, we are at a time of grave danger in this nation. And the only thing that's going to stop this is not, is not weakness but strength. That's just that simple. We all know how it has to ha- play out. You think these thugs are afraid of words? They're not afraid of words. I love the punks running around with the phone in their hand, waving it in the face of the police or the National Guard. Like the phone is as powerful as the, as the uh, rifle that the guy is holding. Every mo- moron with a phone already is waving the phone in the cop's face trying to provoke him to say something. I know what the cop wants to do. The cop wants to take the phone and shove it where the sun doesn't shine, but he can't do that. The cop wants to smack the hand with the billy club, break the guy's hand and knock the phone to the ground and step on it. But we're not living in the 1950s New York that I grew up in where the rule of law was the rule of law. I grew up at a time when the cops were the law. We were afraid of them. That's why your mother could walk to the corner at midnight to buy a bread because there was a rule of law. It was a rule of law. It's that simple. Everyone was afraid of the police. They were not dolls. They weren't nice people. They were the toughest guys who went into police, and they weren't criminals. They were the tough guys who became the, the uh, what do you want to call them, the sheepdogs that protected us from the wolves. So now you have the wolves in the streets who are uh, burning the city to the ground and looting at will, threatening to come to the suburbs. And what's the answer to, the, to tell the wolves? Come on out. We'll welcome you with a welcome wagon. We'll give you free stuff. You got to unleash the sheepdogs. You got to unleash the wolfhounds. 
And the wolfhounds have to go out there and stop the wolves before they devastate the entire state. Not only there, in Ohio, they got into the city hall, burnt it to the ground. Uh, so far, San Francisco or Oakland, uh, I don't know, I guess they're busy with, I don't know why they're not. Had, Oakland, I thought, I was looking across the bay. I haven't seen any fires yet. But so uh, what's the answer to all of this? Well, the answer is strength, peace through strength. It's that simple. We have an internal enemy. We need peace through strength. That means controlling Twitter. That means controlling Facebook. That means controlling Google. And you start by strangling them financially. And you make them pay their back taxes. Now, if you think this is only a conservative position, or it is a conservative position, I have news for you. Pelosi is saying the same thing now. Are you listening to this? I want you to hear Pelosi shock me in clip 21. Jim, play 21 now because this is shocking to listen to this. All they want is to not pay taxes, which they got their tax break in 2017, the tax scam that gave all those advantages to the high end, and they don't want to be regulated. So they pander uh, to the White House. You, you see what uh, Facebook Zuckerberg is saying today about all of this. They're just panders. Tax cuts, no regulation. Our business model is to misrepresent the facts and to be a platform to do that and try to hide under freedom of speech, which is, of course, a complete violation of everything uh, freedom of speech So it's a bipartisan for. issue, the tax evasion of Zuckerberg, the tax evasion of Dorsey, the tax evasion of the Google boys. It has to stop. They need to be made to pay their fair share going back 10 years. How do you think they are worth these hundreds of billions of dollars? Because they're not paying their fair share. As brilliant as they may be in their business endeavors, and they are, and I respect capitalism, they're not paying their fair share of taxes. They're using the double Dutch, double uh, Irish, every trick known to mankind. So you start with the finances. You hit them with a 10-year tax liability going back 10 years. That's number one. Then number two, the censorship is another issue they have to take over. I want to make a jump cut to something uh, because the time is short. I don't have much time right now on the show in this hour. And if you missed any of my discussion of Lincoln's uh, violation of civil rights, it will all be on uh, the podcast today under the title that I gave you. The title of today's show is very clear, Riots, Thugs, and Trump's War Against Twitter. I want to talk about the fact that these days are very holy days to the Jewish people and to the Christian people. In the Jewish religion, this period is known as Shavuot. And I say, well, what do I care about that I'm not religious? I don't care what you are. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter to me what you are. I love people say, I don't believe in God. And I look at them like, what does he care? Oh, God needs you to care about it. I love that. The guy thinks he's so powerful. He looks at him, I don't believe in God. I said, God doesn't care whether you believe in him or not. God doesn't need you. You need him. <laughs> God's not sitting on saying, you, he needs you, right? I don't believe in God, says the atheist, like it matters. Until he's at his last stage of life, we'll see who he believes in, see who he calls out to. But let's put that aside. It's all irrelevant. So Shavuot is this time of year, this holiday, 28th through tomorrow, Saturday night. And what is it? What does it mean to the average person? Well, the nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. So let's start with that. What does that mean? What do you mean, Judeo-Christian principles? Does that still have meaning? It does to most Americans, incidentally, even those who are not religious. And so on the other day, rather, the exact date was May 27th, I put this up. Tonight's celebration of the giving of the Ten Commandments by God on Mount Sinai to Moses. It wasn't exactly that night. It was the precursor to Shavuot. But Shavuot is a sometimes overlooked but super important holiday. It's the big five in the Jewish religion. 
Every Jew knows about Rosh Hashanah. Uh, even a Larry David knows about it. Uh, Woody Allen even would know Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Let's put it that way. If you want an image of the atheistic Jew, it would be Woody Allen or Larry David, the mocking uh, cynic who doesn't believe in anything but himself. Okay, so that's their right, by the way. They have no, no I don't know that they have to believe it. But they mock their own people. Think of the early Woody Allen movies, mocking the religious Jew with the beard and the face. Genius. Woody Allen is a genius, fabulously talented genius, brilliant man. I enjoyed his movies, most of them anyway. But the Schlemiel image that he portrays of the Jewish man has set the Jews back God knows how many generations, turning them in, the Jewish man into a weakling. You never saw him projecting a strong Israeli type, did you? But nevertheless, put that aside. So even they know about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the big two, then they, some of them still know Passover. They heard about their, their childhood with the families and the matzah. They remember that. No matter how liberal the Jewish person may be, they know about these holidays. Then they may know about one more, Hanukkah they heard about because the dreidel and the kids. But they don't know about Shavuot, which is in the top five. What is it such a big deal, this holiday that we're all living through? The Christians at this time celebrate the Pentecost, by the way, which is somewhat related but not identically related. But Shavuot celebrates the giving of the Ten Commandments by God on Mount Sinai. So in the middle of this most powerful super holiday where we remember the origins of the nation of the United States of America, whether you're Jewish or Christian or whatever your religion or non-religion, the country was founded by very religious people, and they knew all of these holidays. So we celebrate the giving of the Ten Commandments by God on Mount Sinai on this day, or around these days. We remember the powerful days, not the Charlton Heston version with thunder and lightning, but our version, the Ten Commandments. So I lay in bed last night as I saw the riots and the burning and I said, why is this happening now? Is there any relationship? I always try to put pieces together. I was a puzzle maker, a model maker as a little boy. I always try to piece things together. I, I don't like chaos. I like order. When I was a little boy, I had two pair of shoes. I lined them up under my little bed, and they had to be next to each other in an order. They were polished and under my bed. I liked what I owned to be in order and clean. And I like my life to be orderly and clean, the best I can make it especially the more chaotic the world gets, the more I need to make my world orderly. So I ask myself a stupid question in a way. It, it kind of makes no sense. What the heck does Shavuot have to do with the riots going on in America right now? And I, truthfully, I don't have an answer. If this is a celebration of when God gave the Ten Commandments to mankind and we're now living in a godless world, it's like Eilis in Gaza, the Huxley title. And we're eyeless in Gaza. We're wandering around blind, blind to what's going on in this promised land. Every one of those thugs rioting in the streets is living in the promised land. Every last one of them is living in the promised land. Every one of them. Every one of them has more food than they know what to eat and such. They can make anything they want out of their lives to a certain extent. And they could rip themselves up out of poverty if they applied themselves by a life for themselves, and instead, the vermin in the media teach them to hate, to burn, to beat, and to riot. That's what they do. So what's the answer? What does religion have to do with the riots and the thugs? I think the answer is in Exodus, and you can look at it any way you want. 
If a man smite the eye of his bondman, you know that one? That's a good one. It comes to, down to an eye for an eye, by the way. An eye for an eye. Say, well, that's what the rioters are doing. It's an eye for an eye. No, it is not. No, the eye for an eye lesson here is that the homicidal maniac cop will be tried according to the laws of the land and he shall be found guilty. Now, you may say, well, will he get the death sentence? Not in liberal Minnesota, but blame yourself for that, not me. I'm the one who believes in the death penalty. If it was up to me, I'd give him the, I would try him under the law that would result in a death penalty, by the way. I know some of you say that never happened. But um, you can look at an eye for an eye. An eye for an eye. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Not again. Not one more killing. And I'm reflecting on all of the killings of uh, young black men in particular, but of course black women too, uh, at the hands of the police. All right, let's stop right uh, here. The- so here she is, a supremacist of her own making, Maxine Waters, a con artist. When her, when she was on the banking, when the finance committee, her and her husband, she was on the finance committee, took a loan for a minority-owned bank. If I recall correctly, it was for around eleven or twelve million dollars from the federal government. It was never repaid. So she is one of those now deflecting her own sins upon. The police is what she's doing, and upon America, white America. No, but, you know, politicians in general are not to be trusted. She's not alone in that. Here's Governor Meatball, who you know is Cuomo, who is actually a man who never held a job. He, his only job was working for his dad's campaign. He's never done anything but work in politics. At least his brother Frito is in the media. He works for a living. This one never held a job. Now, he's not that smart. Clever, yes. Dangerous, yes. Eerie, yes. Uh, He's now signing an executive order authorizing private business deny entry to those who do not wear masks. Michael Savage to Governor Cuomo, I'm sending you a smoke signal. The masks do not work. Listen to the stupidity of Governor Cuomo in 27. The masks work. They work. Wrong. Uh, WHO says they don't work. We have to culturalize the masks. We have to customize the masks. You hear the words that they come up with talking to the liberal scum in the universities who talk to them, given these words, culturalize the masks. Why don't you go to Damascus and put on a mask? This is stupid. WHO gave an order saying masks don't work, don't wear them. They can make you sicker. Governor Cuomo, wake up. You're stuck in April. This is now June. We're almost June. And the knowledge base that you are reflecting is wrong. No, the masks don't work. You're kind of imprison New Yorkers to wear those stupid masks. I see them here in the uh, Marin County area, the morons. They drive around in their own car wearing a mask, breathing in their own poison. You see the idiots running. I see women running with a mask on. I want to stop and say, sweetheart, you're going to die of a stroke or a heart attack. You're 60% oxygen deprivation. You'll die. They don't, I don't say anything. Instead, I back off and I say, you can't let everything bother you. You can't. You got sick once in December from not, from not, not knowing how to control your anger and rage at stupidity. You can't let it happen again. So I switch into my, my Mark Twain mode or my Voltarian mode, and I look at the vicissitudes of humanity, and I think how 
stupid and silly most people really are. But in this case, how, how dangerous this is when you see entire populations of fools panicked by mass hysteria into doing things that are counterintuitive and frankly harmful to their health, wearing a mask while running, wearing a mask while driving in their own car. Now you have stupid Governor Cuomo, who would be president. He, he can't believe what the, 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 the uh, ratings went up. The stupider his conversations became with his daily briefings on meatballs and the sausages, the family stories. He thought it was the, a mini uh, Scorsese production. It was the godfather. Hey, I went to the parties and a man and my grandmother cooked a meatball and I loved the family get together on a Sunday. It was really great. Uh, I didn't appreciate it then. It was a wonder. What is he kidding? Let me tell you, the Cuomo Act does not play west of the Hudson. Most Americans don't like the gravel mouth godfather type. That's to begin with. You know, it's not a Scorsese movie, the painter, the house painter. America don't like the house painter for the president. So he's not going anywhere. His, his time has come and gone. He ran himself up the flagpole and no one saluted, so to speak. So now Governor Cuomo says he can sign executive order authorizing private business to deny entry to those who do not wear masks. You hear this? How stupid these can be? How dumb? Whatever happened to Slouchy? Where'd he go? You know, I had something to do with Slouchy being taken off the stage. You may not know that. Oh, yeah. One day you shall know all. One day you shall know all. I had something to do with Slouchy's disappearance. Slouchy. Slouchy. Dr. Slouchy, the most trusted man. Where? Where's he the most trusted man amongst those who wear masks while they're sleeping? Those who loot in the name of justice? Let's take some calls right now. I promised you I would, and time is short. Talking about riots, thugs, and Trump's war against Twitter today on the Savage Nation. And I think I need to take some calls right now, frankly. Thank you for being here for me today because I came here to be for you today. There's so many things I really want to say that, I, that are not related to this about my show and about me coming in and how I'm becoming demoralized in radio because of things that are being done to me that you will never believe were being done to me. Ne you'll never believe it until you read about it, and you'll read about it one day, and the people who have do it, done it to me will be long gone. You'll never believe what people would do to a man after a heart attack. Never. One day you will know because I am a broadcaster and an author. I have a large following outside of radio. One day you will know. And there will be no justice at all. None. None. Nope. There will be no justice. They will be long gone. Detroit, Greg, line six. Go ahead, please. You're on the Savage Nation. Dr. Savage, can I ask you a question concerning the tragic death of George Floyd while in police custody? Do you think Mr. Floyd will be alive today if he simply cooperated with the police? Is it, okay, what are you saying? He deserved to be choked to death? No, sir. Don't put those words in my mouth. Well, you're asking a loaded question, which is nonsensical. Okay, I'm nonsensical. Sir, you mean if he cooperated with the police? He was handcuffed on the ground. He was on the ground because he he was resisting arrest by falling to the ground instead of getting into the police. Wait, wait, wait. Stop for a minute. You're not justifying the homicidal maniac cop putting the knee on his neck, are you? No, sir. No, sir. I All right, so, so let's be reasonable men. If that was your son, would you be saying the same things? Huh? 
Is he there, or the cat got his tongue? Do you Sir, think I'm sh- it would be a lie? I ask, if it was your son, would you be saying the same things you are saying? Yes, sir. Cooperate you- with the police. Sir, he was on the ground, handcuffed on the ground. Dr. Savage, I, I'm not justifying that. Well, wait, you're going in circles. You're saying he deserved to die. No, sir. No, sir. Well, what are you saying? Make it in plain English. You're an intelligent man. What are you saying? If George Floyd had cooperated with the police during their investigation, he would be alive today. What what was his crime, by the way? Greg, since you're such an expert, what was his crime? He was accused of passing a counterfeit $20 bill. How many times have you passed a counterfeit bill? No, no, it's not. How many times have you, a white man, passed a counterfeit bill without knowing it? I would expect to be investigated, sir. I I often have had bills held up to the light by clerks. If I've given them a 50 or 100, they'll hold up a bill to see. There's a lot of counterfeit bills in circulation. You're aware of that, right? Yes, sir. So many of us are guilty of the same crime that this poor man, this deceased man, uh, committed. He passed the bill. How did he even know it was counterfeit? So, all right, so the cops come in. His crime was passing a bill. He may not have even known it was counterfeit. And look what he did. Bought a cigarette, a pack of cigarettes with it. You listening to this? Now, do you think that he was not cooperating? He was on the ground with handcuffs on. When the police got there. Have you, have you watched the video of him crying for his mother as the cop was choking the life out of him? I'm not. I'm trying to take emotion out of it. And- no, don't take emotion out of it. No, put emotion back in it. Oh no, no. No, put emotion back in it because only emotion can save us. Only emotion can save us from homicidal maniacs who think that they have the law on their side and, and that gives them a green light to do whatever they want to us as citizens. Because if they get away with doing it to him, they could do it to you. May I ask you a question? May no, I- don't ask any more questions. You've asked enough. He was on the ground. He was showing no ability to hurt anyone at that point and four thugs were over him choking the life out of him for all the world to see the entire world is outraged by what was done to that man and that's all i want to say on it if you think otherwise i pity you and may god have mercy on your soul that's all so if you have anything else to say on any other topic uh, go ahead how about the lockdowns you think there's anything to do with the lockdowns, the pent-up rage of the police, the pent-up rage of the population, that we've been locked down like lab rats because of Dr. Lousy? Dr. Lousy put us on like lab rats into our houses. Dr. Lousy closed down all of our outlets. Dr. Lousy closed down our outlets through sports. Dr. Lousy closed down our every outlet in our life. Think about what it does to a human being to be penned up like an animal. Who told this to me the other day? Somebody I was with, I went on a boat, and he told me he knows someone in... Oh, um, uh, yeah. Somebody told me that he has a relative in the U.S. uh, submarines, in the submarine corps, the submariner. And they are told that they cannot be deployed longer than three months in a confined space, after which point they will crack up and start becoming neurotic or violent after three months of confinement in a submarine. And yet, Dr. Lousy, Dr. Lousy and these stupid little, tiny, hateful communist health commissioners in San Francisco, Marin County, your county, my county, his county, all aboard, these little tyrants are locking us down 
longer than three months, killing businesses like the Black Plague itself of the Middle Ages, killing businesses as though a plague has swept the land. People are becoming crazy from it and violent. And does it have anything to do with what the cops did? Does it have anything to do with what the mobs are doing? Probably. Yeah, I think so. It's a release of this pent-up pent up tension in all of these people who might not be quite as violent were it not for the insanity and the mistakes of the, of the idiotic, idiotic morons in the governor's places, mayor's place, mayor's houses, governor's houses, epidemiologists, as I say, as a man trained in the field, are no better than meteorologists in predicting uh, the course of, a, of an epidemic or disease. It's based on data, but sometimes the data is wrong, and all of the projections were wrong, and yet they won't change. They locked you down. They want to keep you locked up. Meanwhile, there's positive here. you got SpaceX going off tomorrow again. NASA engineers, genius scientists, incredibly brave astronauts, brilliant entrepreneurs like Elton Musk. The world goes on. Mankind does not stop because of the lowlifes in the gutters stealing a television or a sneaker. They're the lowest form of humanity. Don't, don't elevate them in my show and tell me that they're great. The rioters are the lowest form of humanity. It doesn't matter what their race is. I don't care if they're white or black. It doesn't matter to me. They are the representative of the lowest form of humanity. The lowest form. The reason we have a society of laws is because when a thing like this happens, the cop or cops will be tried in a court of law. And, and hopefully justice will prevail, and we will see what the, happens at the end of the road. But uh, the rioters, the lowest form of humanity, they're not the engineers. They're not the NASA engineers. They're not the astronauts. They're not the scientists who are going to put that uh, launch up in the air tomorrow. They're not Elton Musk. You see what happened a couple of weeks ago when he said, reopen my factory down here in Fresno? What that moron, pinheaded health commissioner said to him? He said, open my damn factory. I need to get my, my people back to work building Teslas. Did you hear what that mini-brain, stupid, communist, moron, sub-moron health commissioner said to him? Some nobody idiot appointed by the, the, the governor or whoever put her in there? An idiot, a dummy with a master's of public health, a, a meaningless degree by and large. Meaningless. All failed doctors. Anyone that MPH wanted to really be a doctor. Watch out for those who wear the Captain Kangaroo suits in the, in, in the CDC. CDC, by the way, is here and known from near forward on the Savage Nation, and I've said this before, as the Centers for Democrat Control. I said it first. I'll say it over and over again. CDC, Centers for Democrat Control. Boy, does it have more meaning now than ever. Does it? Oh, boy, does it have more meaning. Centers for Democrat Control. It's kind of good. I have a way with words, which is why I'm in radio, why I write books. But you know, it takes a toll on a person. It takes a huge toll to do this. It's not that much fun to do this day in and day out in times like this. The worst period in my life as a radio host, I got to do this quickly, was when Clinton illegally bombed Serbia. Those are the worst days of my radio life when I watched him killing innocent civilians in the name of whatever he made it up to be, when it was really stealing an oil pipeline to run through Kosovo to steal the land from the Serbs. He bombed Belgrade, which had not been bombed since the Nazis bombed in World War II. Clinton and Albright committed war crimes. 
They bombed every bridge on the Danube River. They blew up every bridge on the Danube River. They bombed schools. They bombed hospitals. They bombed trains. They stole our Air Force and painted NATO markings on them. Madeleine Albright and that moron who worked for her, Jamie, whatever his name was, married to that other one in the media. They cheered on the bombing and the killing and the mayhem. Those are the worst days of my life in radio until now. These are now the hardest days of my life in radio to talk about a disease and death and dying and lockdowns every day with no chance for lyricism, no chance for poetry, no chance for science, no chance for art, no chance for the higher powers of the human mind, nothing but lowness, low and lower, low and lower. That's how it's been ever since the lockdown based upon false science and communist health commissioners. The Westwood One Podcast Network.